scripture passages, both from Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her, her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you have revealed for our lives in the book of Proverbs and throughout all of Scripture, but especially this morning as we look at this topic of work or diligence and laziness. So, Lord, we ask your Spirit to open up our hearts to respond to you and to your word, and we ask you to sanctify us in your truth. We ask you to do a transforming work in our lives by the power of your spirit as we expose our lives to your holy word as we bow beneath your truth. This morning, in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Well, everybody says they like practical Bible teaching. Well, I hope everybody still feels that way after this message, because we are going to talk very practically about work and laziness. You know, Proverbs gets very personal and very practical, so be ready to receive from God's Word. In the book of Proverbs, God calls us to the wisdom of work and warns against the foolishness of laziness. We are to be diligent workers, not sluggards. When we talk about work and laziness, we are not talking about only having a job. You know, uh, someplace you go and put in your eight hours. These Proverbs are teaching us a manner of life, a way of living, a way of approaching everything that we do. Of course, one application might be to go get a job. And certainly it does apply to how we do our work at work. But it also applies to how we do our work at home. It applies to our projects. It applies to our relationships and responsibilities in church. It applies to our walk with God. Anything that God sets before us that needs to get done, we are to do it with wholehearted diligence, not slothfulness. Laziness in Proverbs is simply avoiding work, simply not working, simply not doing the thing that needs to be done. Uh, the word is also translated slothfulness or sluggishness, and the lazy person is frequently called the sluggard in Proverbs which means a slow-moving person. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. So he is like a farmer who just never gets around 
to plowing or planting the crop and he ends up with no food. He, he doesn't do the work needed to prepare for the future. Laziness in Proverbs, interestingly, is contrasted with righteousness. Proverbs fifteen nineteen: the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is like a level highway. L- laziness is a sinful tendency to be overcome, uh, to rule over. We talked last week about ruling over our spirit. Well, we rule over all areas of life, and laziness is a tendency to rule over. Work is, in it's contrasted, laziness is contrasted with work that is upright and good. When Sabrina was a young girl, she came over to Grandma's house on Thursdays with all the other grandkids, and one day, Cindy said, let's all go outside and do some yard work. Sabrina got this very serious frown on her face, and she said, Grandma, did you say hard work? Like, that would be really terrible. But actually, we should see work as something good. It is a gift of God if we truly understand it. We reflect God's image when we work. In the beginning, uh, God took nothing and he made the heavens, the universe, and the earth out of it. It says that he worked for six days and then rested. And after creation, God entrusted the, the earth, his creation, to Adam to tend and to cultivate it, to rule over it, to keep things in order and well ran. And we inherited that responsibility. Why? Because we are made in the image of God. God is a worker, and made in the image of God, we are to be workers. So work is is a good thing. It's a gift of God. It is being like God. It is being godly. So when Jesus Christ saved you and he put his Holy Spirit inside of you, one of the many things that he began to do was to transform you into a wholehearted, even joyful worker. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do your work heartily or wholeheartedly as for the Lord rather than for men. This was such an important lesson for the early church that Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, we worked day and night in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.9. At Thessalonica, some new believers there were not working and as part of Paul's discipleship program, he taught them to be workers. And he says he did that by working day and night himself so as to be a model for them, to show the way. This is how you do it, guys. This is how you approach life. You work, work hard, sometimes even day and night. One of the most important things dads and moms have to do is to teach their children how to be workers how to work gladly, how to work without mumbling and grumbling. It's 
really important that uh, kids, young people, uh, learn this. This create it, it creates such an added blessing for them and spares them from such painful sorrows. So instead of being sl- sluggards or instead of being sluggish or lazy, God calls us to be diligent. And that word means steady or determined in our work. And it is highly commended in Proverbs. I don't know what led me to do it, but back when I was uh, either late high school or early college, uh, for some reason I, uh, I did a, what I called then a word study on the book of diligence in the Bible and pulled out all these verses out of Proverbs about being diligent and diligent and I, I still recall those things that I uncovered, verses and truths that I uncovered in that study years and years ago. So diligence is highly commended by God in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent surely lead to abundance. Proverbs 12.27, New American Standard, a, a lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. And if you, if you have acquired the, the habit, the approach uh, of, of toward life of diligence, man, you've really got a precious possession. possession. That's a, it's a great quality, a great godly quality to have. Diligence uh, means doing just what we call plain old work. It's doing a job. It's getting things done. It's putting forth effort. Uh, For example, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, she works with willing hands. She rises while it is still night. She makes linen garments. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So when we're talking about diligence, that's what we're talking about. Diligence also uh, keeps an eye on the future instead of being like the sluggard who won't even plow or plant his field. The diligent person looks out ahead and is willing to work now or today in order to have needs met in the future or to be ready for what is coming. So it can apply to so many things in life. Young people, I mean, it can apply to studying for a test. Uh, It can apply to saving up for a future need. And spiritually, it also applies to to working now to lay up eternal treasure in heaven. Jesus said we must work while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. So diligence is the way we approach everything in life, including our life in what we would call maybe our life in the spirit or our spiritual life. Peter said, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, 2 Peter 3.14. Paul always taught and preached and commended uh, hard work and pointed to examples of it. Paul said, Epaphras always labors earnestly for you in his prayers. There's another area that we can can be diligent in, our our prayers. 
In Romans 16, Paul greeted uh, several women who he says worked hard for the Lord. Wow, what a testimony that is. And in other places, in uh, that same chapter in Romans 16, several other places in the scripture, Paul would, re he would refer to uh, different men in the church or in the ministry, and he would call them, uh, he would call them my fellow workers. And at our men's meeting yesterday, we talked about a little bit how Paul saw himself as God's fellow worker. I mean, this is his identity as a worker. I am God's fellow worker. Every one of us ought to have that identity in, uh, deep in our heart or implanted in our thinking. We are here to be partners with God, God's fellow worker, partners in God's work. And I think, as we said, it's, and we're going to see in Proverbs, it's important to work hard in every area of life, but some who do work hard in maybe school or sports or business have never really considered working hard for the Lord and for the Lord's people. But that is precisely what Paul commended in these brothers and sisters at Rome. And I believe this strongly. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He gives us an appetite for work and an energy for the work of the Lord. And you just see that, you know. When God fills, fills our heart, we, 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 we want to do things for the Lord. Now, being diligent doesn't mean we have to be busy all the time. Certainly doesn't mean that we should become uh, workaholics, uh, you know, people who never come home from the office, uh, never come home to their families, or don't even know how to relax. That's not what we're talking about. It doesn't mean to be busy all the time. Being diligent doesn't mean that we uh, don't uh, rest and relax. I mean, that's a part of, of our life, and we see that in Scripture. There is a, there's a God-ordained, a God-blessed time for rest and relaxation. Uh, adequate sleep and rest are actually gifts of God. Sleep is a gift from the Lord and, and rest is to be enjoyed. But the sluggard in Proverbs indulges in sleep and loves ease and pleasure to the point of failing to get up and get things done that need to be done. Now, as, as usual, if you've been here for our study in Proverbs, all the topics that we've covered uh, Proverbs has this unique way of teaching us. And Proverbs, almost always, in most everything that it teaches us, it, it combines two opposite ways of life, and then it spells out the blessing for one and disaster for the other. And we, if, if you read the book of Proverbs, you see this all throughout. You especially see this on diligence and work. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. And we're going to, I'm going to get into some of these specifics, but just in general, uh, we see that in, in Proverbs, steady work or diligence leads to satisfaction, leads to needs being met, it needs to even wealth and honor, but laziness, on the other hand, leads to lack. Uh, dissatisfaction, poverty, bringing shame 
on your parents or others in your life. It leads to your life and things in your life being hard or even falling apart. So let's start with the painful consequences of laziness in Proverbs. And these are given to us to make us fear being lazy or to repent of being lazy, to turn away from being lazy, to avoid it, uh, to uh, shun it like, like the plague. So first, very clearly, over and over, uh, the painful consequences of, of laziness. First, laziness leads to poverty. It's in our scripture uh, verse that we just read. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? Uh, when you, will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Uh, I love that verse because it's such a vivid word picture. I mean, if you want a scripture to kind of uh, stir you up out of your uh, lethargy, spiritual or otherwise, man, what a, what a great verse to just admonish you. Money doesn't just roll in. Hard work is God's appointed method to have our needs met. And there's really two points in this first uh, verse from Proverbs 6. One is that laziness is like being robbed. It's like being held up. It has the same effect. It makes you poor. The second is that poverty will overwhelm you or overpower you if you, you know, if, if you, if you just practice laziness, then, then it's like all of a sudden, just like, just like an armed bandit coming upon you, uh, it'll overwhelm you, it'll dominate you, uh, and just have this disastrous, disastrous effect in your life. All right, second, laziness lets other people down, and it makes their life harder and irritates them and so the lazy person often loses friends and the respect of others. Proverbs 10:26 like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes so is the sluggard to those who send him. My wife knows I do not like uh, salad dressing with much vinegar in it. I just don't I, I find it repulsive. Well, that, that's kind of the point here. Like vinegar to the teeth, smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to uh, people around him. And anybody who's, who's worked uh, with a lazy, per, lazy co-worker will probably say amen to that verse. Uh, the person who doesn't show up, uh, the person who doesn't help, the person who doesn't follow through, the person who has to be asked over and over and over to do something, it just creates more work and more pain for others. So... Again, the lazy person uh, often loses friends and respect of, of others through laziness. Third, laziness brings shame upon others. Proverbs 10:5: "He who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame." Uh, the context clearly means bringing shame to your mother and father. But I think the application goes beyond that. It can also bring shame to a wife or to an entire family uh, for a person to not be diligent in their work. I remember as a little boy, uh, I had an aunt. We called her Aunt Ethel. Uh, her husband drank a lot, 
and didn't take care of his work responsibilities, didn't provide well for his family at all. And even as a young boy, and nobody ever told this, said this to me, but even as a young boy visiting Aunt Ethel's home in Baraboo, Wisconsin, I could feel just the sense of shame and embarrassment in the home. Fourth, the lazy person destroys things. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 9, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Everything in life tends toward chaos and decay, especially in our fallen world. Uh, your garden, your house, your car, uh, pretty much everything in life is kind of goes downhill and simply by not working hard to keep things up, you inadvertently destroy things. It's like an in, indirect method of destruction, but it does happen. Um, Proverbs 24.30 communicates this very well. I passed by the field of the sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns, the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Simply by just being a sluggard, things eventually just fell apart. Ecclesiastes 10.18, another verse I just love because it's so practical. It says, through laziness, the rafters sag. Because of idle hands, the house leaks. I mean, can't get much more practical in an exhortation like that. Now, can we have an excessive concern with things in this world and everything just being perfect and up, up to snuff? Yes, absolutely. And we're warned about that in other places in Scripture. But, on the other hand, it does not honor God to not be diligent to take care of stuff. You know, years ago we built a house for a man who lived next door to another man, a Christian man, who was actually on staff at a local church in Ankeny. I knew him, and, and this customer that we were building for didn't know I knew his neighbor, but he gave me an earful about how this Christian man did not take care of his stuff, how his yard was full of junk, and he was really angry about it because he was getting ready to sell his house and his neighbor's uh, slothfulness made him very mad, and it was a very bad testimony, and I was embarrassed to tell him that I knew his neighbor and never did. Fifth, laziness makes for a hard and painful life. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 19, the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is like a level highway. So it's the, the upright is it's assuming is is going to be diligent. The upright person is not going to be this slothful uh, sluggard, not going to have this very lazy approach to life. But it says so. It says that, that the upright their their path is like a, a level highway. I mean, nobody's life is without trouble, but there's just a lot of smoothness. There's a lot of s smooth riding that does come from just being diligent and hardworking. Whereas for the sluggard, it says his path is just—it's like a—it's like a hedge of thorns. It's thorny, painful. 
One, of the, one translation says the way of the lazy person is filled with sorrows. And just a simple observation shows you that. Avoiding work, procrastinating, not getting things done does not make your life easier. God says in the book of Proverbs it actually makes your life more difficult, more painful. Sixth, laziness leads to dissatisfaction. Chapter 13, verse 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. I think the point here is that the lazy person desires things, but his desires are frustrated, and it says his soul is dissatisfied or unhappy. Uh, not sure that this is a direct meaning of this verse, but it is, regardless, a well-known psychological fact that lack of work goes hand-in-hand hand with depression a lot of the time. And part of that comes from just not doing anything, I mean, just not doing anything is depressing because we were made to do things. We're created in the image of God to, to do things. Uh, part of that dissatisfaction, I think, also comes from just having wants and needs that pile up and that are, that are, not, that are not fulfilled. All right, let's consider then uh, the blessings of diligence. And honestly, like I said before, a lot of these are found in the same verse. I just kind of divided them out for clarity, but a lot of times it'll say that this is the consequence of, of laziness, this is the blessing of diligence. So some of these references will be the same, but you, you understand what I'm doing here. Uh, the first blessing of diligence is uh, wealth. Proverbs 10.4, the hand of the diligent makes rich. God honors diligence. Uh, he, he prospers the diligent. Again, are there verses in the Bible that warn against the dangers of riches? Yes. And we give careful attention to those. But the Bible also teaches that when gained through honest hard work, money can be a great blessing from the Lord. Proverbs 10, 22, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. God may bless you financially through some unexpected means, uh, but normally God blesses financially through diligence. It's, I mean, it's just the way that God says he works. Uh, probably no danger of anyone here doing this, but you, you don't get rich by giving your money to a TV evangelist that promises you're going to get rich if you give to him. And you don't get rich by naming and claiming a million dollars. God does respond to prayer and faith for our finances. We should trust God. We should, we should look to God to meet our needs. We, we look to Him. But wealth from God normally comes through persistent, determined, steady work. Uh, that's, that's God's naturally supernatural way of uh, meeting our needs. Which, and this is really tied in with this. I made it a, a second uh, blessing, but it says, through diligence your needs are met. Proverbs 12, 11. Whoever works his land, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. 
Uh, again, that may sound like the same thing as wealth, but the, the emphasis really isn't here on wealth, but just on having your needs met, having enough to eat. And so again, if you have a need, um, what's the first thing that comes into your mind as a way of having that need met? Um, There are many things that come into people's minds that really should be only a last resort. And what we should do is uh, look to God's method uh, of uh, work, it says working the land. Working in our field, so to speak, to have plenty of bread. Third blessing of diligence is promotion. Proverbs uh, 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. Uh, again, these, you know, these are all of these are principles they're, they're, that are generally true, and uh, so take take them as, as such. But the hand of the diligent will rule. No matter uh, where you work, if you work hard, show up every day, and finish your responsibilities, you will likely uh, be promoted. Diligence opens the door to God's favor, and I, you know, I. I can't really explain it more than that, but it's just, it just says that that's a reality. The hand of the diligent will rule. Um, you know, in, in Genesis 39, it says, the warden, the warden of the prison put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything that was under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Um, I find that phrase very interesting. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. And it de the scripture doesn't say this, so I'm reading this into it. I'm going to tell you that right up front. I'm reading this into it. But I can't imagine that the warden paid no attention to anything under his care if Joseph wasn't doing a really good job of taking care of stuff. I mean, he was responsible. He was, he was being diligent. And so like this verse in Proverbs says... Uh, well, God promoted Joseph, and diligence and promotion uh, from, from God go hand in hand. Fourth, uh, satisfaction. Uh, the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Um, or the, 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 uh, the, the soul of the diligent is satisfied. Um, work brings satisfaction and increased happiness. Uh, part of the, of the satisfaction, I think, comes from just working because we were meant to work and rule and take responsibility over things in God's creation uh, and our, our needs are met and our soul is satisfied through diligence alright symptoms to watch out for symptoms of laziness to watch out for and I made this a separate category because it is such a big theme in the book of Proverbs and felt that I would be uh, kind of shortchanging the subject to, to ignore these. Symptoms of laziness to watch out for. First, having trouble starting or finishing your work. Um, and anything I'm saying this morning, dear beloved believers, I, I'm not saying to discourage or hammer anybody. I'm, I'm really just trying to preach the word 
you know, say what it says and let the Spirit of God do its, its work in our lives. So everybody still have a good attitude? Amen? All right, you're going to need it through this next section too. Okay. All right. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 23. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. In other words, the lazy person can talk about uh, doing something. He can talk about what he's going to do or starting a project, but just can't ever get started doing it. Proverbs 12, 27, whoever is slothful will not even roast his game. If he catches something to eat, he won't make the effort to cook it. What, what a verse. <laughs> if he has food to eat, he won't even make the effort to eat it. Proverbs 19.24, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. Well, those are, those are obviously uh, exaggerations to make a point. They're exaggerations to illustrate the tendency of, of, of laziness to start uh, but not finish something. It's hard to imagine somebody being so lazy that uh, he just buries his hand in the dish but can't bring it to his plate. Uh, but it's, it's an illustration. It's a word picture to help us get uh, what uh, laziness looks like and why we, how we should avoid it. Now, this does not mean you should never quit anything. Uh, there's a time to start things, time to quit things. Uh, but we, we should be aware of, of a pattern of just not getting things done as a, as a general uh, habit of life. Uh, a close relative of mine and her husband built a home years and years ago, which the home came in components and uh, then they were to do the on-site work and the husband was all excited about the project at the beginning, but then, I mean, he just dropped it, totally dropped it. And for years and years and years, they lived in an unfinished mess. I mean, a, I mean, a mess. Just basic things that, that weren't done. And it re resulted in so much marriage strife. And uh, actually, I believe it was a key in them getting divorced. Second symptom of laziness that we should watch out for is the lazy person is not disciplined in sleep or getting up in the morning. These are not my thoughts. This is Proverbs. Uh, this is actually the most emphasized symptom of laziness in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 16, 14. Uh, As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard turn on his bed. Again, what a word picture. Uh, he wakes up, turns over, goes back to sleep, and wakes up, goes back to sleep over and over and over and over and over and obviously doesn't get up to do the things it needs to do. Again, I say we need to get enough sleep. <laughs> uh, just like, but just like everything else, we need self-control in our sleep. And I mean, sometimes that, sometimes that means going to sleep earlier. Sometimes it means getting up earlier. Doesn't mean you can never sleep in, but you know, it just means that we have. It means that we rule over our sleep. It doesn't rule over us. You have to get out of bed to take care of your kids. Uh, you have to get out of bed to go to school 
or to work. You have to get out of bed to make it to church. Uh, you have to get out of bed to do your morning exercise or to read your Bible. We have to wake up to pray. Uh, you know, Jesus confronted uh, his disciples for their sleepiness in the garden. He said, could you not even watch and pray with me for one hour? But uh, sleep um, had the upper hand in the disciples at that point, that critical time in Jesus' life. Just a few more verses just to give you the, the flavor of this from Proverbs. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. 6, 9. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will, will you arise from your sleep? 19, 15. Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep. Uh, the third symptom of laziness, uh, the lazy person seems to always find an excuse for not working, for not getting out of bed, or for not getting out of the house. Proverbs 26.13, the sluggard says, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. So the lazy person will exaggerate problems and fears and just find a reason uh, for not uh, working, for, not, for staying home, for not getting out and doing the thing that needs to be done. Fourth symptom of laziness is a kind of stubborn pride. I, I find this very interesting in Proverbs 26, 16. It says, The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Uh, a person who's just given over to laziness, uh, you know, you can put them up against seven hardworking, uh, faithful people that have, you know, shown, shown what wisdom is in the way they live their lives, and the, the sluggard will still think he's wiser than those seven people. Um, often those whose lives are in shambles are the least willing to receive counsel, and so we, we need to be aware of that. Uh, tendency. And all of these are just patterns that Proverbs spells out for us that, that, we, that we should just be aware of any pattern of, of laziness creeping into our lives. And you know what? The best time to fight these tendencies is when you're young. Best time to learn these principles are in your youth and when you're growing up. And uh, let's see, again, Proverbs says, the precious possession of a person is diligence. That's a, that's a, that's a great thing to carry with you into, into your adult life is knowing how to work and knowing how to work wholeheartedly and knowing how to work joyfully. So how do we become a more diligent person? First, uh, look at the illustrations in people in the animal kingdom. Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Um, the lesson from the ant is to be diligent without having to be forced into it. She doesn't have somebody telling her what to do and reminding her, pushing her. Uh, that's, a, that's a great lesson. You know, just look at nature. Watch a bird build a nest. Watch someone work hard. It's a beautiful thing. Watch a mother at work with her children. 
Second, learn from watching the painful lives of sluggards. Um, Again, of a verse we read earlier when it says that I passed by the field of the sluggard, saw all the damage that was around him. And it says, then I considered it and looked and I received instruction. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to be proud or self-righteous, but you should learn to not be like people you see who are not willing to work. Third, uh, believe in the future rewards of being diligent. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. God said that. And so we work now believing that God is right about work having a future reward. And this applies to all labor, including our work in the kingdom. Uh, Paul said, uh, Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. He's talking about the resurrection and the reward that is ahead of us for those who labor. And this motivation carries us through clear to the end of life. Um, certainly when we get older and, re and maybe retire from a, 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 a full-time job, you know, yeah, the life slows down a, a bit, but we're, we're, we're not to ever forget to labor in the Lord. The, you know, the American dream says work, build up your retirement, then pursue your own pleasures. Uh, kind of consider yourself on one interrupt, uninterrupted vacation for the rest of your life. But as uh, one pastor asked, what happens then when God calls us to give an account for the last 20 years of our life? So I think we are supposed to be diligent in the Lord, in the things of the Lord. Keep abounding in the work of the Lord because you know that it will produce eternal reward. Clear up to the end. So this teaching is certainly a warning. It's a strong exhortation. But it is also an encouragement to know that your work pleases the Lord. Diligence pleases God. And God is not only pleased with things like uh, reading your Bible or singing. He's pleased when you work. He's pleased when you go to work. All your work, uh, all of it, doing dishes, getting up with the kids at night, all of it can be done for the Lord or unto the Lord. Uh, several years ago, there was an NBA player who said, I don't go out on the floor to work, I go there to worship. Sadly, I, I think he was a Muslim but Christians are commanded to think like that. We go out to work to worship. We work as unto the Lord. And God accepts, God accepts our work. God accepts your work as worship. And He honors it. It's, it's a good thing. Let's pray.